A note to our listeners, throughout the podcast, we will be referencing the IDDD waiver. This waiver is now called the Community Living Waiver. It serves individuals with intellectual and developmental disabilities. This is Episode 5 of Opening Doors to Hope and Belonging from DePaul Community Resources. I'm your host, Allison Wickline. Thank you so much for joining us as we learn and grow together. In this episode, we'll be discussing the Sponsored Residential Program at DePaul and Compassionate Caregiving. Joining me now is Amber Ringo, the Director of Residential Services. Amber, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Let's start with the main question, What is the Sponsored Residential Program at DePaul, and what does it mean to be a compassionate caregiver? So the Sponsored Residential Program, in short, is a service that provides um, home-based care and living arrangements for adults and children receiving um, the IDDD, or Intellectually Disabled and Developmentally Disabled, waiver uh, through Medicaid. And we call the people that provide that care compassionate caregivers because they are essentially opening up their homes and lives to support these individuals and children um, in every way possible, medically, uh, behaviorally, in the community, through integration, um, and any other support needs they may have. So why is this type of program needed? Why do we believe so much in this program and why is it needed in our communities? Sure. Uh, There's a lot of different reasons I think we probably could go into, but um, one that comes up the most is that typically when someone is identified with an intellectual or developmental disability, that is usually taking place somewhere during their childhood age um, and through their development process, right? So what happens is is that there there are services available to children specifically um, who have this type of disability, but oftentimes those services essentially go away once they turn 18 years old and become legally an adult. This service, the IDDD waiver service, and particularly sponsored residential, allows for those individuals and children to continue to receive services throughout their lifespan. So it does not just stop once they turn 18. When they're children, it can be in conjunction with other services, maybe through a DSS or Department of Social Services agency or some other agency educationally. But once again, once they phase into adulthood, many of those services go away. And this service allows us to continue to provide the ongoing care and supports that they're, they're going to need to be successful in their adult life. How life-changing can this program be for individuals with disabilities? I mean, I, I wish I could tell you every single story um, that I have you know, bared witness to just in being in this role, but I think it can be something as small as just the fact that that these people are so typically unnoticed, for a lack of a better term, in their communities, and this gives them a sense of self and a sense of being, and maybe that is that through working with their provider or their compassionate caregiver that they're able to learn to do new skills. And it can be something as simple as tying their shoe, or it can be something as significant as cooking breakfast in the morning, right? And and really giving them some newfound self 
efficacy, if you will, and awareness and all of that. So I think it's hugely important to understand that it's not just the big things, it's the small things. The other thing that we see through this program is that people truly become a part of the community that they live in through this service, right? So when we go into a grocery store or a gas station that we routinely go to, we're having conversations with our normal cashier or with our, you know, gas attendant or, or whoever that may be, or attending church and interacting with the congregation. Unfortunately, many times these individuals and children have not had that same level of access and ability to therefore form those relationships in their community. And by way of this program, they really are doing that. We see these people now attending church on a regular basis and working jobs building friendships in such a way really that probably wouldn't have been possible for them previously. So that's, that's the most significant thing for me. And I know that for a lot of these individuals being in a home based setting is so important and really can have a huge impact on their life. Absolutely. You know, when we think about historical trends and what it looked like for people with disabilities, intellectual or developmental disabilities, oftentimes they were institutionalized, many for their entire life, some for very long and significant periods of time. And what this does is allow them to live in a home just like you and I live in, to have a neighborhood, to have a community, to have friends just like you and I do. And that sounds small sometimes because it's something that we're so used to doing on a regular basis that it becomes unbelievable for us to even think about a life where that doesn't occur. But living in these homes not only gives them that, but it also is in in the world of social work, if you will, it gives them this least restrictive environment, right? They're not in an institutional setting. They're not in a hospital. They're not on this kind of regimented, you're doing this, this time all day long, every day. And so it really gives them a sense of being that way in these sponsored homes. Let's talk about COVID. We have, of course, seen so many changes, transitions, adaptations related to COVID. How has it affected the sponsored residential program? In every way you can imagine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I I think the main thing for us is that um, here at DePaul, we really take a proactive stance to make sure that we are engaging with the individuals and children that we serve at a much higher level than what is required from our regulatory agencies, right? So we're seeing these folks monthly, sometimes weekly, attending doctor's visits and so on and so forth with them as needed or requested. And because all of those things have changed or transitioned into this virtual world, much like the rest of us, very quickly we had to figure out how it was that we were still going to support people the exact same way without being in person to do that. So. Here at DePaul, we started working through numerous different virtual platforms in conjunction with our compassionate caregivers and our community partners to make sure that even though we're not physically with them, right, that we can still see them, we can talk with them, we can interact with them, we can still attend important doctor's appointments and other appointments and scheduled meetings, just as we had before. And and quite frankly, it's really given us an opportunity to even spend more time than what we were doing before, right? So we thought that it was going to be a barrier. And what we've learned is that it's given us and our individuals, as well as our compassionate caregivers, easier access to us and us access to them. So 
I think for me, the biggest thing that COVID has done is shown just how supportive we can be and how much that's needed and the ability for our staff and and our caregivers to continue that process right along. Why would you encourage someone to become a compassionate caregiver or to think about finding a sponsored home for their loved one who has a developmental or intellectual disability? So I think this is twofold for me. Professionally, I, I have worked in the social work field for about 19 years in kind of every different facet that you can imagine. Um, and I have not yet seen, like I have seen with this population, the true happiness, right, that you can bring to someone's life through this program. I mean, again, those things that I shared earlier about being a part of something bigger than just them, the allowances uh, to do things that they, number one, never even knew that they could do, let alone imagine that they could do and do so independently. It's just really special to be able to watch people grow through this program and through the supports that are provided. And then personally for me, I, I have two nephews and one with autism and one with cerebral palsy. And even though I was doing this kind of work and, and working with this population and with the waivers, I think I even took it for granted that they, these things were an option. One of my nephews is will be 18 in October and the other one will be 17 in September. And they're approaching adulthood. So in talking with my sister and with my brother, you know, I asked, have you all checked into this? Is this, are they on a waiver wait list? Um, Even if it's not for sponsored residential services, but so that they can continue to receive services through the IDDD waiver. And I was really, really shocked that nobody in their system of care had communicated with them about the, the possibility of this and how it could benefit two people that I love and care for very much. So to me, it's both personal and professional, but just to know that the services are available and that they can continue to be available, not only provides a new life for these individuals, but it also takes away some of the burden of the parents or caregivers that have been caring for them, you know, through their childhood years and and a, a sense of peace, if you will, that there are other things beyond age 18 that can support them as they continue to grow. And I think you hit on something I just want to mention. We really are making a push for education and wanting more education for these families and for people to understand what options are out there. Yes, absolutely. I mean, what we've learned over and over and over again is that this is just not a service that people are truly aware of. And no slight to anybody, DSS agencies are not taught about this. They're not trained on it educational systems are not taught about it or trained on it. And quite frankly, our physicians are not taught about it or trained on it. So there really is a breakdown in how people learn about this service. And again, not just the sponsored service, but the, all the services that are encompassed under the IDDD umbrella. So yes, absolutely. Anything we can do to help educate or make people more knowledgeable about this and, and that it's available to them across the state of Virginia, we're certainly happy to assist with that. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. And hopefully this podcast and these episodes will serve as a little education for what all is out there. Absolutely. Thank you. Opening Doors to Hope and Belonging is hosted by DePaul Community Resources, a nonprofit organization. 
Since 1977, DePaul has opened doors to hope and belonging for countless children, families, and individuals with disabilities across Central and Southwest Virginia. To learn more about DePaul and the topics discussed here, please visit depaulcr.org slash opening doors podcast.